And when I started Strong Woman, I was still over 300 pounds because I switched the week after. And I struggled. I couldn't like front carry things, you know, because I was just too big. But then, you know, farmer carries was rough for me because I had my legs were pretty big. So they would knock into them and I would drop them all the time. I struggled with log because I couldn't just get it over my belt. I couldn't clean it. And then as I slowly started losing weight and like, you know, getting more fit, things just got a lot easier for me. Welcome to the Barbend Podcast, where we talk to the smartest athletes, coaches, and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your host, David Thomas Tao, and this podcast is presented by Barbend.com. Today, I'm talking to pro strongwoman Nez Carrasquillo. She has had a rapid rise in the sport of strongwoman. She competed in powerlifting for just over a year. In that time, by the way, she set an American squat record that still stands. And then after less than three years, earned her pro card in strongwoman. It's an incredible journey, an incredibly rapid journey in the sport. And today we talk about obstacles she overcame, her weight loss journey and transitioning between sports, implements that she had to learn and adjust to. If you've ever been interested in getting involved in Strongman or Strongwoman, this is a really good look at someone who's done it and done it incredibly well to get to the top of her game in a very short period of time. I hope you all enjoy. Really appreciate you taking the time to join me today. For those who don't know much about you, give us kind of the highlight reel of how you introduce yourself as an athlete. Yeah, so um, my name's Inez. I am a professional strongwoman. That means I got my pro card, um, which you can get it a various, you know, different ways, you know, in the sport of strongman. Um, I did get my pro card at the Arnold Amateur World Championship this year. Like that seems like it's the best place to get your pro card, right? It's kind of the most satisfying. Um, I think just because like you could get your pro card at a pro-am um, if you podium. So there's like three pro cards that are given out. But at the Arnold specifically, only one pro card is given out. So it's kind of just like special in a way. <laughs> That's like the best pro card, the tier one pro card. Let's call it you know, that. And you're at the Arnold with all these, you know, big names, you know, so it's just like mind blowing to see them around you and competing before or after you. So, well, I've completely interrupted you and interrupted your train of thought, but I have to dive in here. The pro card, does someone like actually hand you, you know, they have like the big, fake, <laughs> the big fake checks and they send you the real check in the mail. Do you get handed like an oversized novelty card? Is there like an actual card? No, there isn't. It's uh, we get an email. <laughs> <laughs> that is, so, I was, I was hoping. It's so disappointing. I was hoping you could pull out like, just like an actual physical card and be like, you like drop, like you're opening your wallet and you're like, oh, I'm so sorry, and you drop it out. It's like a light flex, you know, when you're pulling out your like ID or something like that. Oh, that's a. Oh, we got, it's my pro card. <laughs> that's the best way for any brands listening to this podcast. That is the best way. Sponsor actual cards. Like give people like laminated or printed yes. cards. That'd be so yes. cool. Like IDs. Anyway, that's completely off the rails. So you got your <laughs> your pro strong woman. You got your pro your pro card this past earlier in 2022, right? Yes, in March. Okay, tell us a little bit about that. Uh, obviously, it went well. Spoiler alert. Tell us a little bit yeah. about the competition. 
Yeah, so I'll go to my beginning. I only started Strong Woman in 2020 at the end of 2020. Oh, I wow. Yeah, I was a power lifter since the beginning of 2019, and I got very bored. I totaled 1,450 at a meet in October at one of my home gyms. And literally the day after, I was like, I'm going to sign up for a strongman meet at this same gym just to see if I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I met my coach, Alec um, Pagan. He messaged me on Instagram and was like, hey, do you want to do strong women seriously? Like, I got a few people DMing me about you. Um, and I think you can be the one of the best of the best. And I was like, who is this guy messaging me? I was like, I am a powerlifter still. Like, I'm just doing this for fun. He's like, let me program you for a few weeks. See how you like it. Let's do this first comp. Get it under your belt. And I was like, fine, sure, let's do it. I won that meet. And I was like, wow, this is so much better than powerlifting. It was so much faster. The meet was only like two hours long. Instead of powerlifting where you're sleeping for three hours in between bench and deadlift. So I loved it. I loved the fast pace of it. Everyone was super supportive. And then he said I had to make a decision whether it was to, you know, wait for the Kern because I qualified for all those big powerlifting meets or if I wanted to stay with Strong Woman and in four weeks do Beast of the Bluegrass, which back then that was a platinum plus show, which are now pro-ams uh, in Strongman Corp. And that was an Arnold invite. So I was like, let's do it. Let's go to Beast of the Bluegrass in Kentucky. Great meet. And I did win. And I got my Arnold bid. So then, you know, COVID kind of shut everything down in 2021. Uh, The Arnold was canceled. So I wasn't able to compete in 2021. I needed more experience under my belt, you know. So we signed up for the Rainier Pro-Am, which is in Seattle. I ended up getting second place by three points to the GOAT, Victoria Long, which was really awesome. She's like one of my heroes. And that was a great experience because I was one of the amateurs competing against some of the best pros in North America. Um, And then after that, I was invited to official Strongman Games um, in 2021. I tied for third. I was so close. Um, I made a lot of mistakes. I'm so new to competing in the sport. I just made a lot of dumb mistakes that I've been really working on. And that's why this year, I think I've been... I've dominated three events this year. The three that I've done first was the Arnold. Then the week after, literally the weekend after the Arnold, I did a beer stone in Texas. I won that. Oh, that's that's Gabe Pena's event, correct? Yeah. Great meet. It was super cool to have the army trucks that we were pulling Hemets and like great meet Um, in a lot of events that I've never done before. I've never done a truck pull. I've never done a Husafel for like distance. And they were the Husafels that were molded after the real ones, mm. um, which was super cool. Sticks and Stones uh, created that. So I thought that was really awesome. And then I just did the Rainier in June, the Rainier program too. Um, and that was another great meet. Well, so wait, you, I want to go back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to backtrack again. So you started powerlifting in early 2019. Yes. Did you have any strength base before that? For a few years, no. I had a baby in 2016. So from like 2016 to 19, I wasn't really doing anything. I ended up developing like a binge eating disorder after I had my baby due to postpartum depression. It happens. I got up to 330 pounds at my heaviest. And so I decided to join a gym and people were like, you can power lift. Like you look like you're strong. And I was like, I don't even know what powerlifting is. So 
I guess I could try it. I met my powerlifting coach at Rockwell Barbell in Chicago, uh, Matt Blankenberger. And he was so great to me, took me under his wing and, you know, taught me how to unleash that strength that I had inside of me. I was a college volleyball player. I played D3 for one year. Um, and I also have been a track athlete in high school. So I had like a base, but really never anything with lifting related. Got it. Nothing that was like a dedicated strength sport. So to yeah, say. no. So really in three and a half years, you, you really built quite the base of strength and then built on top of that. I, I think it's an oversimplification to say the base because now you're at a professional level. This is the biggest testament to mom strength I've ever heard <laughs> is, is what your story is right now. You know, the thing that I love most is that he gets so excited when I come back from a competition and have like a medal or something. And he tells all his friends at school, like, my mommy could pick up a car. And, <laughs> and I'm like, that's a little overstatement. But, you know, I like. <laughs> well, it's it's like it's like it's kind of an overstatement. And then you do like a car deadlift and it's like, well, he's got a point, you he's know, sick, so it looks like I'm picking up the whole car. So, you know. <laughs> But it's not okay. Let me put it this way: of all the like crazy yarns kids like to spin, his is the closest to reality. <laughs> like it's it's like one degree removed, not like seven degrees removed. Exactly. Yeah, I know you're not wrong about that. <laughs> well, what, Andy, do you have any competitions coming up in the in the like the remainder of 2020? We're almost in October. We're recording this September. What is it? September 23rd. We're almost done with this year. Do you have anything coming up for the rest of this year? Actually, yeah. I have three more competitions coming up in a very short amount of time, which I think that's just the way I compete. I have official Strongman Games in November. And then literally two weekends after on the 26th, I'm competing at Giants Live, the USA versus the UK. First time I'm ever flying out of the country, so I'm a little bit nervous. And then in December, I'm doing America's Strongest Woman. Um, that's in Vegas this year. So. Quick tip, if you're flying out of the country for the first time and you're going to the UK, it's totally fine. They speak the same language most, <laughs> mostly. You're going to be great. It's a great like stepping stone to the rest of the world. I just don't like flying. I'm too big. I'm almost 6'2". I'm 240 pounds. I always get an aisle seat somehow and I'm just apologizing to the people next to me that I don't, I don't fit, you know, then my knees touch the seat in front of me it's just a hot mess i don't think i've ever met any strength athlete who likes flying because regardless of the size the size you are like strength athletes don't like getting too stiff right everyone's always sore everyone gets off if you squat regularly and you squat heavy and you pull heavy you're going to get off a plane and you're not going to feel good right oh, yeah. yeah you're not and your joints are all swollen and you're just like sluggish and it's just not fun that the dry air and things like that. I think a power move would be if you have a for, for those strength athletes who have CPAPs to bring a CPAP on the plane. I've never seen that, but that would be the real power move for like the open class, the real big, the real big folks who who need that. Um, but that's just that's just my that's just my opinion. You should. I'm sure they're like, as far as flying tips go. Has anyone in the strongman community given you tips for like your first international competition or your first time traveling internationally to compete? Um, the biggest tip was bring my gym stuff on the plane with me. Oh, so it doesn't get lost. So your baggage doesn't get lost. Because I can replace clothes. I can replace, you know, whatever, but I cannot replace my belt. They, I cannot replace my lifters. I can't replace my wrist straps. So 
bring that on the plane with you. Keep it secure next to you. Um, because everything else just I can figure out later. <laughs> got you, got you, got you. So your carry on is like the bag with the belt wrapped around it, basically. Even domestically, yeah. I, well, no, the, my server's bag. I could put four belts in there. Oh and wow! I could, I could put it in the overhead. Two pairs of shoes, like that utility bag, rock. So I just bring that as my carry on and got everything in it. All right, that's a good. T- that's a good tip. What about nutrition leading up to a competition? So that's something that. Every you ask ten people, you'll get fifteen different opinions on it. So, what are your what are your thoughts there? Are you bringing any food or snacks with you or supplements? Like, what what is your what's your going to be your nutritional routine out of the country? Yeah, so funny you bring that up. I just started with a nutritionist maybe two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. My weight has been fluctuating like crazy after OSG last year. I weighed in at like two thirty five at OSG. Then a few weeks after, I weighed in at like two eighteen, and then I got back up to two forty. 230. So my weight's just been super crazy. So my coach was like, you need to be more consistent with your weight because your mm-hmm. leverages keep changing. Your, you know, your mood is shifting. Like things are like too much. So we mm-hmm. need to be, you know, whatever. So this will be the first time I actually have a plan of eating and what I'm gonna bring um to any of my competitions. Everything else I've been winging it. I eat gas station sandwiches and to whatever I found at the airport. <laughs> Look, I'm going to tell you, no one ever felt their best performance-wise after eating a gas station sandwich. I can attest, I can t- or gas station chicken wings. That's what really gets you because if it's late at night, you think those are a good idea or the taquitos, they're not. They're not going to you're not going to feel great the next day. Hey, I won all my competition, so maybe it's like a good luck charm. <laughs> I know, but imagine how much more you could win. I'm I'm I'm, I'm just <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. Let's talk a little bit about it's funny. So you you mentioned getting bored with powerlifting, right? And no disrespect to powerlifting. Hey, a lot of powerlifters listen to this podcast. Hey, all the powerlifters out there, we love you. We love you. Your sport can get a little boring to some people. We love you, but it's just three. Lists. I was one of you. I was one of you. So for like a brief period of time, for yeah. like a little over a year, right? Yeah. So let's talk about some of the movements in strongman where you really excel. I'm I'm tending to think shoulder to overhead here which is something you're, you're pretty superlative at. So talk a little bit about that or any other modalities in the sport of uh, strongman, strongwoman that you really excel at. Yeah, so um, when I was powerlifting, I was over 300 pounds. I, it was like strength moves, more, you know, a lot of weight. So Mass, mass I, moves mass, so to speak. Yeah, basically. So I was very heavy. I, and I still have the USPA squ- uh, national squat record. Oh, cool. Yes, yeah, still. I was like, man. I'm going to keep that for a while. I'm going to take that. But um, yeah, I was over 300 pounds. I wasn't doing any cardio or anything because I was just deadlifting heavy, benching heavy, squatting heavy every week. Um, So when I started Strongman, Alec was like, hey, we're going to run. Like, you're going to have to lose weight. He's like, that's going to be very important because you will not be able to move. Mm. And movement is so important to the sport of Strongman, you know, a lot of, you know, bigger, a lot of strongmen that I know and I talk to, like in my gyms and stuff are like, nah, just static strength's fine. Like I don't run. And I'm like, well, like if you just do static monsters, like that's fine. But if you want to do a whole meet, you need to be a well-rounded athlete. Like I say athlete because we do very athletic things in strongmen. My big issue is I have a five, six wingspan and I'm almost six, two. I have very short arms. So deadlifting is very rough for me. My lockout's damn near five feet in the air. <laughs> so I struggle with deadlifts. It's getting better. I finally hit 
my PR that I hit when I was over 300 pounds a few weeks ago. So it took two years to build up back to that after losing almost 100 pounds. I love overheads, uh, short arms, great overhead. I learned how to split jerk in 2021 when I had that big break from Visa the Bluegrass to Rainier. So I've been doing split jerks. I've ended up split jerking a 315 pound log from the ground. I've hit a 330 pound axle. And I love moving events. I love sandbags. I love stones. I, I don't like yoke. That's the one moving event that I'm not great at. Mm. Um, long legs. I just, they just flop around like I'm Bambi or something. Um, <laughs> that's a great, that's a great visual with like hundreds yeah. of pounds on your back, by the way. Anyway, you know, um, farmer carries. I love, I like things that really push you to the limit. So Rainier was a good example this year. It was 90 seconds of yoke and farmers back and forth. Ooh. And it was for distance for 90 seconds. And I wasn't expecting to win that event because I'm like, I'm not great at yoke, but I can run for 90 seconds. I was like, I'm not going to stop. So that's like where I excel. If it was for like speed and a heavy yoke, I wouldn't win that event. Um, but endurance wise, I really, you know, I really work on the endurance part of mm -hmm. the sport because if I'm not the strongest, I at least want to be able to be the fastest or, you know, the one that can go the longest, if that makes sense. Right. I mean, that's a huge part of the sport, right? You're, you're on your static monsters aside, right? Where it's just about doing things statically kind of on one stage. This is a sport with a ton of movement. And you mentioned having to, you know, lose, bo like lose body weight. If you're a hundred pounds heavier, that's a hundred extra pounds you have to carry, right? Yeah. When you're moving, objects across the floor when you're covering this distance you talk about doing it you know for max distance well if you weigh 330 pounds compared to 230 pounds that's an it's like adding another 100 pounds to the yoke yeah. basically and when i and when i started strong woman i was still over 300 pounds because i switched the week after and i struggled i couldn't like front carry things you know because i was just too big mm -hmm. i couldn't you know Farmer carries was rough for me because I had my legs were pretty big, so they would knock into them and I would drop them all the time. Um, I struggled with log because I couldn't just get it over my belt. I couldn't clean it. And then as I slowly started losing weight and like, you know, getting more fit, things just got a, a lot easier for me. Deadlift, mm. no, deadlift got worse, but <laughs> get worse. <laughs> I, I imagine like, there's something about I remember the first time I did farmers carries in a gym with with handles, right? Not just like kettlebells or heavy dumbbells. Yeah. And I remember I didn't know like I didn't really focus on I just focused on gripping and I wasn't focused on keeping them from like oscillating back and forth, like back and yeah. forth. And they just started clinging into each other and then I like tripped over them because they oh, yeah. like crisscrossed in front of them, kind of jackknifed or whatever. And it was basically like one of those nineteen nineties commercials where like someone's in the kitchen and everything just like exp like the blender explodes and it's like is this you when you're cooking that's what i felt yeah. what are the infomercials yes yes one of those infomercials were like do you like are you tired of it it's just like someone's dropping everything really dramatically that's yep. exactly what i felt like oh yeah that was me in my first few weeks of strongman i was like what the hell did i get myself into i was like should i go back to powerlifting like this is hard and i had like a keg i didn't even know how to pick it up I had stone of steel, which if there's ever a meet with stone of steel, I will not be there. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> if I can't use tacky, I don't want it. 
So for those who aren't super familiar, so like when people think strongman or strongman, they think the Atlas stones. We think of like concrete poured molded stones that weigh a certain amount. And oftentimes you'll use tacky, which is basically like tar or like this really sticky yeah. stuff. You'll put it on your arms and it'll it'll help you get grip. But the stone of steel is like it, it, it's a weighted like – you can open it. You can adjust the weights inside and it's steel and you're not – you can't use tacky on it, right? Yeah, spray tack or tactile usually, which is not helpful whatsoever. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. It does not work. <laughs> so you're basically picking up something with like oh, – the only grip is like the friction you create from squeezing basically. Yeah, it's a lot of squeezing. I am not – I it hurts you know and i just i love tacky i love the smell of it i love using it (laughs) (laughs) well you also um you have shorter arms so i I assume that that might that's that that's probably not a benefit if grip is an issue on a stone yes i need to basically stick myself to it Um, (laughs) spider-man like spider-man just like like, spider-man yeah like um at the arnold there was a max stone over bar event uh for the amateur women and I had a 365-pound stone, but luckily, I think it was like a 22 or 24-inch stone. It wasn't one of the bigger ones. Mm, got it. I can only imagine a 400-pound stone being just too wide for me to actually pick up, but I will literally put tacky on my neck if I have to because mm-hmm. it's I want 400 pounds. <laughs> you got to like get your chin under there. Please don't do that. I don't want you to well, lose like a, a jaw. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about your training. So you, you mentioned your coach. Are you still with Alec? Alec's still your coach? Yeah. Yep. Uh, Alex actually a, a barbin. He's been a barbin contributor. Uh, he's someone I actually live pretty close to Alec, uh, weirdly, in uh, in Brooklyn. <laughs> so um, not to like dox myself here, but um, <laughs> spent a lot of time with Alec. Really, really good. So I actually met him through the weightlifting community. He coaches across oh, yeah. sports. So really, mul- Alec, if you're listening to this, we love you. Multi-talented guy. Good job. Good job. But walk us through what a training week looks like for you. Yeah, so I've been in prep pretty long because of this year. I don't think I've been outside of prep for longer than two weeks. Um, So everything's been very event-focused and getting good at the things that I struggle with in competition. Like, I rush. I don't pay attention to cues. I get in my head about weights and stuff like that. So Alec really makes sure that I step back. I really think about what I'm trying to do and I don't push stuff so fast that I'm like, I need to hit comp weight this week. Mm. And I'm like 10 weeks out or something, which I, I do. I call him crying all the time. And I'm like, I can't do this way. Like I'm failing. I'm going to lose. And he's like, buddy, we're 12 weeks out. You need to chill out a little <laughs> bit. And it's just, that's just how I am though. Cause I'm very hard on myself, but training's rough. I train five days a week. Um, I usually have an overhead day, a deadlift squat day. I usually alternate heavy weeks with deadlift and squat. Um, So I don't really need a deload, but one will be a speed week. And then I have a heavy week, et cetera. Um, And then it's usually like three kind of like event days because the OSG has two overheads. I have two overhead days. um, And then I have a farmer's and a yoke day. Well, wait, two overheads. That seems like a place to your strengths. Yeah, but I don't have the attachment with uh, at my gym for the Viking press, so I'm kind of just making it up as I go. I've been using uh, those Rogue thrusters. Okay, yep. Which are terrible. I don't recommend anybody do that for Viking press unless you're super wide because all they do is wobble side to side. Every single stabilizer in my shoulder has been sore. I've never felt parts of my shoulder before be that sore. 
but anything I can do to, you know, replicate a Viking press I've been doing. And I'm learning how to do the men's uh, 12 inch circus dumbbell because that's going to be at official strongman game this year. Got it. Got it. And that, that's a different, just because you're strong overhead with like a fixed implement, the circus dumbbell is very different. It's very, it's very technical. Um, on the regular women's dumbbell, I've pressed like a 180, 185. On the men's 12-inch, uh, I hit like 160 for one, and it was pretty sketchy. Mm. Uh, but the handle is just so large, mm -hmm. and I don't have really big hands. But, you know, just the mass of it on our shoulder, it's just very hard to get in position. And then you're fumbling with it. The ones I have are not the cylinder ones. They're the ones that are globe. So got it, got it, they're got not it. super tight. They like roll around on your shoulder. So I'm complaining a lot because I don't want to do this event, but, <laughs> but I do love circus dumbbell. It's a challenge. Um, if you're a good presser, it's that one event that's like, you know, you have to be super tech. You can't just use your you know strength to yeah. push it up. You really need to focus and be in a good position and, you know, actually be technical with it. For folks who aren't familiar with these really thick handled dumbbells, like, you know, if you're just like, I don't use that stuff a lot. I'm, I'm, you know, for me, I'm so, my hands are so used to the diameter of a barbell, of a dumbbell. Imagine taking like a soda can. Yeah. And that's basically the diameter of these things, right? And imagine a, your dumbbell, it's even more than fat grips. Like if you add fat grips or like a, something, like just imagine pressing something that's like holding a soda can. And that's effectively what it's like. You can't get like, it's it's very difficult. And if it starts rotating in your hand, if you, like you're screwed. Yeah. Like, and if you don't get it in position, like if you're struggling up there, your elbow's gonna get lower and lower yeah. and you're not gonna be able to press it. So it's a it's a really challenging event, but you know, I think it's a good event because it challenges everybody, you know, and it's gonna be fun to watch how everybody, you know, comes together and like tries to figure this out, you know, at OSG. So I'm excited about it. A little bit like a puzzle. I do appreciate you sharing that you call Alec when you feel like crying sometimes. I do that. I think I've called Alec crying, but I don't have an excuse because he's not my coach. <laughs> I'm just like, I just need someone to listen to me. He's like, go to therapy. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Alec, again, if you're, if you're listening, I'm completely joking, but maybe not really. Who in the sport do you really admire? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, Donna Moore is mm -hmm. probably an obvious choice. She is amazing. She's just the sweetest human in the world. I admire her so much. And I admire her going from a heavyweight to a middleweight. She's competing as a middleweight now. She she should also do like a bodybuilding competition right now. She looks she's Insane. ripped. Yes. So I admire her, you know, quite a bit. I admire Victoria Long. She's <laughs> a monster. She won the um, Arnold Pro this year, and she's just really strong, super humble. Um, she helps everybody around her. You know, and she's just a great person. And I admire who I love my teammates, Aaron Murray, Gabby Dixon. Those are my two, you know, kind of like rocks. Like we're a team, but like you're also really good friends. Um, and on the men's side, I admire there's a few. I really love Rob Kearney because he kind of just like comes out and he's not as big as the other dudes, but he is super confident and he outpresses them. Yep. And I love oppressors. So, you know, that really impresses me. And it's like, you don't have to be the biggest person to be the strongest, um, which I, you know, 
I'm pretty light for an open woman, but you know, so I admire him. And, and he's, he's another split jerker like you. Yeah, and I love it. It's something different because you see guys that have been doing this sport for a long time and they strict or push press. And like, you know, he's out there split jerking, you know, the same weights. And that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, look, there's play to your strengths, right? Rob's not the biggest. Rob got his starting CrossFit. So think about it's going terrifying. from the. Yeah, it's terrifying. <laughs> well, actually, Mitchell, uh, Mitchell Hooper got his start running marathons. And that's actually the more terrifying transition. Oh, yeah. So to go it from came out of nowhere, it was awesome. He went from running marathons to competing in World's Strongest Man in like wow. exactly four years, which is insane. And he was like a pretty good marathon runner. Anyway, I dig- I absolutely digress. Rob's also a good friend. He's a barbin contributor. We love him to death. So I'm a little biased when you bring his name oh, up yeah. in like a good way. Well, where is the best place or best places for people to follow along with your training, competitions, your progress in the sport? Yeah, so I do have Instagram. My name is Inez underscore pro strongwoman. I post every day. It's kind of like a daily routine. Um, and I've been trying to really promote the open women's classes here um, at Official Strongman Games. I just created a reel today. So if you're listening, please go to my page, share the reel because the women's part, of, I'm biased because I'm a woman, but the women are so fun to watch. Because for so long, we were not on the same... I can't say we because I've only been in the sport for so long. But women have not been on that same platform that pro men have been on. Mm-hmm. Um, and equal prize money. Same, you know, if men are on ESPN, like women are on ESPN. That sort of thing. So, you know, Lynn Morehouse does such a good job of putting us on that same stage. And, you know, I really recommend watching how insane these weight classes are going to be this year for the women. So that's like my thing right now is I'm really trying to promote that. Um, and then also I have a YouTube channel. You just look me up by my name. I don't really post too much on YouTube, but I'm going to start posting more on YouTube because I think that's a good way of putting a lot of training, a lot of tips, stuff like that. Uh, but no, that's your, your YouTube I, channel, just so folks know, it's just your first and last name. Yeah, if, I think that's what it is. It's my first and last name. Um, I post some random, they have like reels or something on YouTube now. They're called shorts, I think. So I've been trying. I am not good at stuff like that. TikTok and like reels and all that stuff. I have to call people to ask them how to do stuff because I'm not good at that. Well, you're, I mean, you're, you're focused on what you're focused on, right? You're, you're focused on like training. You're focused on being the best at what you do. Like, I'm 28 and I can't figure out how to make a TikTok and I have to ask my 14 year old sister how to do it. (laughs) I'm not going to touch that one. So you, I'm not going to, I'm not going to touch that one. It has been fantastic on that note, getting to know you. Thank you for sharing a bit about your story and your journey. Looking forward to seeing you uh, the rest of the year and beyond at these competitions. And I appreciate you taking the time. Well, thank you for having me.